Count money, man. Money, Stack man. riches. Trying try and told, try and told him I'm a beast, blood. What's up, gang? Welcome to another episode of the Grindcast. Get ready. It's a new day. We got my man, my friend, Jake Lowry in the house. Welcome to the Grindcast Studios, Jake. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for it's coming, man. It's an honor. Gonna be Appreciate gonna be fun. Gonna be awesome, man. Yes, so Jake Lowry uh went to Teal College, uh, was a wrestler, third in the nation in college wrestling 2014. Correct. Right? Yeah. And uh just correct me if I'm wrong, MMA record currently right now, six and zero as an amateur, two and oh as a pro, eight and oh total yeah. uh in the scene. And uh so just just get ready for uh for, for Jake. Jake, as Perm likes to call him, Jake the Snake. Okay, <laughs> that funny. ain't that ain't the official nickname, but that's that's Perm's nickname for for Jake the Snake. So, you know, a lot of the a lot of the things you'll hear from uh, you know from uh, about Jake to others, kind of quiet, quiet spoken in a sense, soft spoken. Never would realize that somebody like that would be such an animal and uh, and such a such a beast in the sport of MMA and wrestling and, and grappling and just somebody that uh, if you don't know him and, and you're going to get to know him, you know, it's one of those people that you just can't help but but love, you know, one of those people that would go out of his way and do anything for for anybody. And, and if uh, if you got a problem with Jake or don't like Jake, usually something's wrong. Something's wrong with you uh, or your ego's hurt a little bit because you got smashed or something on the mats <laughs> and you can't get over it. But one of the greatest people uh, that, that you'll ever meet. So let's get to know, let, let's let people get to know you a little bit, Jake. Okay. Uh, what, what was your upbringing like and, and uh, where, where are you from oh, originally? Man. That's a long question. Uh, I was born in Georgia, Stockbridge, but I was only there for a year or two, I think. And then we moved to a little town called Sand Rock, Alabama. I know you've never heard of it because Sand no Rock, Alabama. I think it graduated. 30 people, something along that, like crazy. Yeah. Wow. Like the elementary, middle school, high school, all in one place. Okay. S- shared the same cafeteria, shared the same gym, tiny Small school. school. But yeah. And you was, went to high school there? Uh, no, I went to elementary school there and then I started middle school there. Then we moved back to Georgia. So the reason we moved back to Georgia was to, uh, start wrestling because Alabama didn't have wrestling at the time, okay. it, specifically our school in our area. Okay. So we moved to Georgia, started wrestling. How old were you? Uh, I was in sixth grade. So sixth grade, you moved back sixth to Georgia. Grade, moved back to Georgia to get some to get some wrestling. To get some why, wrestling. Why Georgia? Did your parents have a, a connection to Georgia? Yeah. So <laughs> I grew up on a farm, and my dad had his best friend lived in Georgia. He was a farmer. They used to show horses together. This was kind of before I was born kind of thing, but my dad was always into it. He was always into it, so we kind of moved back there so they could kind of be closer to each other. It was it was his best friend, so he just wanted to have a good place for us to come up and, like, learn hard work, learn how to be disciplined, and there was wrestling, which we always told him we wanted to do because he was a state champion from German, and uh, we kind of always knew that we would like to try it. We used to wrestle box all that stuff when we were younger and your dad was a state champ wrestler yes sir okay yep for german high school i believe in the 70s where's german high school uh so german is actually one of the three schools that were combined to make albert gallatin okay so that's why we so alabama back no oh georgia pennsylvania. oh pennsylvania <laughs> yeah. okay gotcha yeah so my dad's from pennsylvania moved to georgia to find better work to kind of make a better living for himself. He wanted to just 
get away from where he was from, kind of get out on his own, find something, a better life for himself. And that's where he ended up meeting my mom. She's from Georgia, so that's kind of why it's a wild story. I got family in Georgia, family in Pennsylvania. We've kind of moved around a lot, but ultimately I ended up in Pennsylvania. I just never left. And how old were you when you moved to Pennsylvania? Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Yep. Okay. So we started wrestling and um, loved it. So everything from that point on was wrestling, man, everything. And we, so the reason we moved to Pennsylvania, my brother was three years older than me, so he was a junior at the time. Well, in order to get, like, in-state uh, tuition and everything, you had to be in the state. And there's no college wrestling in Georgia, as far as I know, at this point. So we knew we probably weren't going to go to college in Georgia. My dad was from Pennsylvania. He said, this is wrestling country. We said, all right, let's go. And that's kind of Did you notice a, a level difference from, Crazy. from Georgia to PA wrestling? Crazy. Yeah. I didn't know anything in Georgia, and I was – pretty much smashing everyone in Georgia. And then I moved to PA and I was like, man, I am not good at wrestling. So I took my lumps for a while, but it, it's nice. Cause like, like attracts like, so I knew that I should be somewhere better so that I could push myself so that I could find some better competition and everything. Not that Georgia doesn't have good kids, but in Georgia it's, it's such a big, big schools and everything. So in Pennsylvania, it's double A, triple A. In Georgia, it's like 1A all the way through like 5 or 6A. Mm-hmm. So you have 6A champs at each weight class. You know what I mean? Yep. So the competition was just kind of spread, spread out. out a little bit more. Yep. So you kind of didn't see all of the competition all the time. Got you. Yep. Got you. Makes sense. And so you got to got to Pennsylvania and then went on and, and uh, wrestled in, in high school mm-hmm. and then moved on to wrestle at, at Teal. Yes, sir. Okay. Yep. And did well at Teal. Was that your senior year that that you were third? Or that was junior? my junior, junior year. year. Okay. And I tore my knee my senior year, so okay. I had surgery. And then I uh, I redshirted that year, came back my senior year, tore some cartilage in my ribs, couldn't get healed in time. So that was kind of the end of wrestling. Okay. Yeah. And then right after college, did you know that MMA was something that you wanted to go into or, or how did that whole thing start? I always knew I wanted to go into it. So when I ended my college wrestling career, I, um, I was hurt. I was hurt pretty bad. So it kind of took me a couple of years to get through that. I still had a lot of pain for a couple of years and I started working, started doing what people tell you normal life is. And I kind of fell into that trap for a little while. And then, long story short, I lost my job that I was at. Don't really want to get into the details, long story, but uh, it's honestly the best thing that's ever happened to me because after that, I was trying to find what my next step was, and everyone kept telling me, like, what do you love? Like, what do you want to do? You know what I mean? But, like, I didn't really think of that because in college and in high school, like, all your teachers, all your professors, they're always telling you, like, you got to go to college, you got to get a job. You know what I mean? And that's how you're going to live life. But mm-hmm. but I knew that's not what I wanted to do. So whenever I had to think about that question, I thought about this for months. I was like, man, I just miss wrestling. But obviously wrestling was over. So my friend that I was living with at the time, Gerald Russa, he came home one day and he was like, hey, I found this jujitsu gym. Well, I was like, yeah, let's go try it out. So tried it got submitted probably 10 times that night I was like yep we need to start going here yeah, yeah. 
Ain't like, that crazy? Some, some people, some people, you'll have that experience and get submitted ten times. Like, oh my, I love yeah. this. I gotta, I gotta come back. Other people are like, no, nah, I don't want no part of that. I ain't never right. coming back. Right? The perspective. How long ago right. was that? Oh man, that when was, you first started, that was jujitsu. Five MMA. years ago. Five years ago. Yep. It okay. was a place called Monarch and Hermitage. Yep. Um, the professor was Robert Henriksen, and I'll never forget the first time I rolled with him, man. It was because uh, I, I, I took third in the country in wrestling. I'm like, man, I can take anyone. You know what I mean? Like in my head, I'm like, man, I, there's no way. Go in there and get submitted five or six times in a three-minute round. I'm like, like yeah, I, I trust this guy. This guy knows what he's doing. And that's the kind of people that I wanted to be around. You know what I mean? If he didn't submit me all those times, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't have pursued it. Yes, I probably would have just kind of been like, all right, well, I am as tough as I thought I was, and I, I don't need to know anything else. But just kind of getting humbled like that, it made me, it made me want to step into it a lot more. It made me want to learn what all he knew that I didn't know. You know no what doubt. I mean? Speaking Pretty of which, crazy. we we share a coach and and uh, and friend and and Isaac Greeley yes. over at the mm-hmm. at the Map Factory represent with the uh, with the t shirt. Yep, that's right. Uh, man is an animal. You know, oh. just, just savage. Talk about humbling and oh. getting humbled and, and wanting to learn, you know. And then for me, as I as I age, uh, mm-hmm. trying to do so gracefully, you know, I, I got inspiration, somebody to look up to that's, you know, almost mid-40s and still rolling around, smashing people in their 20s in their prime. Yeah. And uh, as I move closer to the to the to the uh, 40 year mark, you know, myself, that's been somebody I've been able to draw a lot of inspiration uh, from and learn yeah. so much just in the short, you know, uh, less than two years, you know, that I've been there. What what have you learned from Isaac, you know, other than uh, special tech, you know, specific techniques that people wouldn't understand? What, what, what do you think people can draw from that you've learned from Isaac. I think if you know Isaac really, you know it's a mindset. Like that man, everything is mindset. He is you don't quit, you don't stop. We're going to take them till they break and then we're going to keep breaking them. Like I've seen him drag people back onto the mats when they're trying to run away from him. You know what I mean? People coming in talking and an hour later Isaac's still mauling these guys. They're trying to run off the mat and I've seen him grab their legs, pull them back on and just continue to take it to them like he just doesn't stop ever, ever. The first week I went there, when my gym closed down due to COVID, I knew the Math Factor was the place to go because I had been going there on Sundays with Dalton. And, uh, yeah, I went there for the first week, and he was trying to break me. And after I got through that first week, I was like, all right, I get it. You know what I mean? But that first week is tough. That first week, you got to be ready. Like, don't come to the Math Factory if you're not ready to be broken for the first week because you can take a lot, but he'll break you eventually. (laughs) He will. He's really, really good at it. And I think now that I've been around it, I've been there for almost two years now. That's what I've adopted from it. Now that's my mindset. My last fight, I got off to a rough start, but just because I've been with Isaac so much with uh, the wrestling and the grappling and just the way that he goes about everything that, I felt like I came back stronger in the second round almost after almost being knocked out in the first round. Yeah, why you know don't we I mean? just, just talk about mindset. that? You know, what what was the last fight like? Probably not what you expected, oh, but man. great experience for you yeah. and, and really showed that you can persevere and overcome some adversity. What was what how did that last fight go? Yeah. Don't really remember the first ten seconds. I think I got clipped pretty early. So I was behind the eight ball from 
that point on in the first round, kind of just trying to recover. It took me about half the round to start kind of get my mind back and everything kind of back in order, starting to think my way through things. It takes you a little while when you're in there. Your adrenaline's so high, you just almost got put out. You're kind of wondering where you're at a little bit, and then you start getting it back together, and then things start coming back. But I, I attribute all of that to Isaac and to wrestling, man, because without that, I think uh, – it's easy to crumble, but when you're in that situation every day and he's pushing you to that limit every day, it almost felt like home to me. You know what I mean? It felt like this is what I do every day. Like I'm not in a position that I'm not used to because I, I do this every day. You know what I mean? Yes. And that's kind of what helped me come back through it. And then second round, like I said, I came out and I felt, felt like I was in better shape than the first round. I was like, man, now I'm warmed up. Like, let's go. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I have to say, uh, my first couple amateur fights, I kind of struggled with my conditioning a little bit, and it's because I wasn't wrestling. And, like, that's that's the big piece. If you're going to fight, you got to wrestle, in my opinion. You have to. It just not as much for the technique or anything like that. It's more for just that mindset. It just pushes you through it. It pushes you past your limit. And if you can go past your limit, I almost guarantee you the other guy you're with cannot keep up. And I think that's kind of – more or less. So what you Isaac won that last there. fight in the third round or second round? Third round. Okay. Second round, I got a takedown, kind of did a lot of damage from top, I felt, and just kind of controlled him, kind of wore him down a little bit, kind of got my revenge a little bit. And then the uh, third round, I was kind of doing the same thing, took him down, got the takedown, uh, controlled the position, doing some damage, doing some damage, got the wrist locked in. And then he turned right into the uh, arm triangle. But man, that kid was tough. I Give a shout out to him, man. Marco Hutch was a tough guy. Thank you for the fight, man. Like it takes the right dance partner, and I needed that. That was a that was a good one for me. He pushed me, and it was great for both of us. I think. Where's he learn. from? Oh man, I'm not, not sure. even sure. Honestly, yeah. I I kind of try not to look up my opponents so much. I usually leave that up to like Isaac and Evan. Just go in there I and just get it. do what they tell me to do. I love yeah, it. I love right. it. I think you can overthink it a little speaking bit if you of, do that. Speaking about your opponent, maybe one of your toughest opponents and training partners is uh, is your current girlfriend, uh, <laughs> my girl Willow. Yeah. And, uh, man, I got to leave this to the imagination. I don't know if I'm ready yet to announce her nickname, her fight name on air just yet, but you got it. You got to look it up yourself. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this is intriguing. I don't know if you've ever had – a, a, a person or a female. I mean, this is what you want. I mean, you want to, you want to sell tickets. You want people to remember you. I promise you, you look up her no nickname. Doubt. You're going to know, you're going to, you're <laughs> going to remember that one. And so my girl, Miss Willow, uh, you, you guys have been dating. She came down. I remember when they, they came down from Canada, mm-hmm. uh, to train, yep. you know, with us as, as so many people do come from mm-hmm. all over the place, all over right. the country, different countries to come train and prepare mm-hmm. at the mat factory. What, what's it like to, to, to be dating somebody, that is in the same sport. I'm assuming that you've mm-hmm. never dated really somebody that, that was fighting at the same time as you. In all honesty, I told myself for the longest time, I will never date a fighter. My dad used to tell me all the time, like you need to get you a fighter. Like that way you guys have so much in common, like all this other stuff. I was like, no dad, girl fighters are crazy. Like, I don't want any part of that. And then along comes Willow and it, it's great, man. She, uh, she really pushes me. And I feel like I push her as well. And I think that's kind of one of the biggest things is uh, it's easy to slack off when you don't have someone in your ear 24-7. But, like, we live together. So, I mean, it's like 
if I want to take a night off, she's going to let me hear about it. You know what I mean? Then I'm going to have to deal with her all night. Same with her. Like we don't, and it makes it nice because uh, I feel like if I were today, someone that wasn't a fighter, it would be like, oh, well, what do you want to do tonight? Let's go get dinner. But with Willow, it's like, it's not a question. It's like, oh, what are we going to do? No, it's wrestling night. You know what I mean? Like, oh no, yep. it's jujitsu night. Like, yep. It's not a question. Or a lot of people like, would just complain because you got to right. be obsessed. You got to mm-hmm. put a lot of time and, yep. you know, currently, you know, you're still working at a tad, you know, moving yeah. out of, of, mm-hmm. of where you were working so much full time right. and mm-hmm. had to adjust your schedule around all that right. stuff. I mean, you figure you got a full time job and then mm-hmm. after that you got another full time job. Right. You know, most people that don't understand, you know, the game and what it takes probably would be nagging, you know, complaining, right. not mm-hmm. getting enough time and, exactly. you know, trying to distract you from that. I, yeah. I would assume that helps a little bit also. So much. And I think even beyond that, it's a, uh, I think, fighting is a lot of a mindset and it's a lot of studying and it's a lot of things like that. So just having someone to run your ideas by and like run what you're struggling by and like run what like is going good, like what's going bad and like trying to figure it out together. Like I think two minds is always better than one. You know what I mean? So it's, it's almost like having another coach at home or like having another training partner just with you all the time. So it's it's super nice. We watch all the fights together and everything and, and we always kind of do our own little breakdowns of them. Evan, our striking coach, will actually send us videos, and uh, and we'll have to break them down, and we'll kind of help each other out a little bit. And it is super nice because I feel like her attention to detail, my attention to detail, they're they're a lot different because she is predominantly a striker, I'm predominantly a wrestler, so like we're coming from two different sides of it, which is perfect because I obviously need more striking, she needs more wrestling, so together we kind of make the perfect combination in my opinion i think it i think it's did nothing but elevated both of us to another level love it love it what do you, what do you think elevates people in general to another level in in the fight game from what you've seen what separates the people that elevate and the ones that that don't you know other than natural ability in my opinion it all comes down to relationships which is going to sound weird to a lot of people you know what i mean but I think if you have the right people in your corner, if you have the right people that you're dealing with, if you have the right mentors, if you have someone like Isaac Greeley kind of showing you, he doesn't really just tell you things. Like he's on the mat with you, showing you, you know what I mean? And like he's so easy to follow because he uh, he doesn't just sit and watch. He's like, he's in there with you, going through it with you. So it's so easy to follow someone like that, you know what I mean? So I think having that kind of relationship, having like a relationship like I have with Evan, where we're like, we're good friends too. You know what I mean? Like we watch the fights together on the weekend and we do it because we love to do it. It's not that we have to do it. Like we love doing stuff like that. And I think having those kind of relationships makes you want it that much more. You know what I mean? Like when you go out to a fight and you're looking across at some of your best friends and some of the people you have the best relationship with you, the last thing you want to do is let those guys down. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's nothing but motivation for me specifically. I mean, kind of might be different for a lot of other people, but I don't know. For me specifically, I think it comes down to more of uh, the people that I'm surrounded by. Having the right people around you, yes, right sir. people in your corner, uh, makes makes a lot of sense. What What's the hardest part of your, you know, quote, job, you know, fighting? fighting? What would you say is the hardest part? Oh, man, I would say uh, the hardest part is just time management. In my opinion, that's kind of why I just took this new job and got away from the old job. Because, I mean, 
when you're sitting at work for eight hours, for 12 hours, whatever, all you're thinking about is all these things you need to be doing, but you can't do them because you're sitting at work. You know what I mean? So then it kind of drives you crazy. So then you're trying to make your schedule work, but then you got to work your schedule with your coaches and make sure they can get off at the same time you're off. So it's just kind of a, it's like a revolving loop of just trying to figure out like when we can train, like how we train properly, like how we like incorporate this that we need to do and this that we need to do and do it all in this amount of time. You know what I mean? That's kind of the hardest part to me, I believe. That's what people don't, don't see. You know, I think a lot of times you'll see somebody in the game and and Mm -hmm. they finally make it and they're making hundred thousand a fight or couple hundred thousand a fight or Mm -hmm. millions of dollars at at a certain level of fight and people say oh man i'd go in there and do that for you know two million i'd I'd go in there and let them knock me out for a million dollars or for a hundred thousand dollars or whatever but what what people don't realize is the amount of time for years that goes into that that you have to have a full-time job in order to then go to your next full-time job. So you're mm-hmm. really working two full-time jobs because it's a full-time job. When you right. put in the studying, recovery, injuries, yes. mm-hmm. you know, reps, all of that stuff, right. you look at work and then you look at the work you're doing after that, there's just not a lot of time no. left in that. And so it's the process of getting out of where, all right, I don't even need to have a job anymore. This right. really truly is my only right full-time job, which is what mm-hmm. everybody, you know, really yeah. is the ultimate is the goal is, yeah, is what everybody sure. wants. But in the process, most people don't have that. And that's what people don't end up seeing. What do you do outside of mixed martial arts? Any interests, anything you like to do outside of? Oh man, I get made fun of this one so much, but I don't even care because it's my favorite thing. I'm the biggest nerd when it comes to like supercross, motocross, dirt bikes. Okay. I've, I used to ride when I was a kid. I, I have a bike still. I don't really ride not right now. I think Isaac would kill me if I got hurt, so would Evan. Um, but I still have it, and I can't wait. Like Once I retire from fighting, I'll definitely be back on it. Um, it's just something about it, man. I think the most important things in life to me are more the things that you can't really describe to someone. It's more of a feel, you know what I mean? Like You yeah. can't describe what it's like to step into the octagon. You just have to do it. It's a feel you get. Same thing with a dirt bike. Like, I can tell you how I feel whenever I'm jumping 60 feet on a triple, you know what I mean? But until you do it yourself, you just don't understand it. So I think that's kind of why a lot of people make fun of me. They just don't really get, like, the same emotions and the same feelings I get when from When you're it. jumping 60 feet, what are you landing on? Well, the, it's 60 feet from takeoff to landing, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So yeah. you're, you're a dirt takeoff, dirt landing. Okay. So... I just went to, I took my son this past week to monster mm-hmm. trucks yep. and they were doing, they had bikes going up a ramp. They were up in the mm-hmm. air. It seemed like they, they might've been 20, 30 feet up in the air yeah, and stuff like that. And then the trucks, they were doing backflips mm-hmm. with monster trucks yeah. up a ramp crazy. and, and uh, crazy, man. Mm-hmm. crazy. Yep. And you just don't understand until you do it, man. I'm telling you. And then it's like, uh, just like wrestling, you don't realize how tired you can get in wrestling. And until you go out and start spinning laps on a dirt bike and trying to go as fast as you can and trying to avoid all the obstacles, land all the obstacles, not go down. There's some serious consequences in racing a dirt bike. You know what I mean? So your adrenaline's through the roof and you get tired super quick. So to see these guys kind of push like they are, I think they're some of the best athletes in the world. And that's kind of one of the reasons I've always kind of followed them because I, I'm a big time studier of, like athletes in general. And I truly think that they have something special, man. I think they're able to push to a different level between 
getting over the adrenaline get like their heart rates are like i think 180 plus for the whole race which is like 30 minutes and two laps so, wow I mean, you would never think that crazy you would never think crazy that. they wear heart monitors and that's one of the things that i've kind of seen on there was that said their heart rates before the gate drops just spike and then they kind of stay and they plateau there throughout the whole race and then it, you'll see like if one of them has like a near wreck or something their heart monitor will show it and it'll actually raise up again so then that's why you see them kind of fall back a little bit and then i think it's a super cool thing to be able to do that and then get your heart rate you'll see it come back and then they'll level it back out again mm. which i think is pretty important for like fighting as well so i kind of see a lot of similarities in it too i think and that's a, another one of the things that attracts me to it what what do people not see do you think um about the fight game or just yourself what sacrifices have you had to make oh, to get man. to this point i think uh one of the biggest sacrifices would probably be not getting to spend as much time with like your friends and your family and things like that as you want. Like I know I haven't been home to see my parents for Christmas and probably since I started fighting on. Wow. And I wow. think nobody would ever yeah, imagine I mean, that or think that. So th right. these are the sacrifices mm -hmm. has not been home for Christmas. Yeah. And I could tell you, yeah, you're a family person. You to, love your yeah. family. Have not seen your family for Christmas for four or five years. Yep. Because of the right dedication, the commitment. Right. And then your friends are always texting you like, oh, we want to do this. We want to do that. And I'm like, yeah, so do I. But I also have practice today. You know what I mean? And I've worked all week. So like, I have to make up for that this weekend. So I just don't really have time. I think, um, I think more or less that's kind of the biggest thing. You don't really have as much time for like vacations and fun and like, you can't really eat all this bad stuff that other people are eating. You got to kind of watch your diet. Like everyone wants to go drink on the weekends or whatever. And you got to kind of be like, well, no, I'm going to suffer for a week if I do that. So I got to kind of stay away from that. You know what I mean? I think those are more or less kind of the more difficult challenges to me because I'm a, I'm not really the most outspoken guy, but I am a people guy. Like I like my people, like my inner circle I'm super close with. And it's super hard to tell them that, that I can't do stuff with them. You know what I mean? So yes. to me, that's kind of what I think of when you, when you mention stuff like yeah. that, not being able to see your friends as much and hang yeah. out and do what they want to do and do right. what you ultimately, you right, know, would, right. would, would like to do not seeing the family right. as, as much as often as often. It, it's crazy. It just has the same similarities in, in anything. Right. You know what I mean? If you right. want to be great in anything, you know, these right. are things that people, even in our business or as, mm -hmm. as I was building this business, I've, I've had the same experience, even with going out, you know, I couldn't right. go out as mm -hmm. much, couldn't take as many chances, had to get up early, had to work weekends, right. you know, holidays. I couldn't be around as, as, as much and, and stuff like right. that. And, and those are the things that people don't see right. the give up in order to, in order to go up. Right. And I just to add on to that though, that's what makes fight night so special to me. You know what I mean? Because then it's like much all these people up. that, all that stuff I've given up, all this time I haven't been able to spend with these people, but these people are all here supporting me. You know what I mean? Yep. And then you just hear them chanting your name at the end, and you're like, yeah, these are all my people still. Like, I still love these guys. Like, they're here supporting me. Like, this is our night. You know what I mean? Like, no I put in all this sacrifice, but this is our night. And then I get to go out and hang out with them for the rest of the night and spend some time. And yes. it's, it's honestly my favorite time to be alive is, like, right after a fight. Yeah. It's the best. We had a ball. Yeah. In, awesome. in Illinois. 
Yeah. After you mauled everybody in the yeah. in the tournament, me and you got to take a picture yeah. with both of us brought home some belts to the map <laughs> factory right. and uh ate like pigs and, and uh chilled out yep. for a night, man. That's that that was a lot of fun, man. I think it's just so rewarding. You know what I mean? You go through all that stuff and then it's like you can finally breathe again. You can finally relax. And four it's minutes. Just, it's just your time. Just four minutes. And you know that Not the too other, long. you know the other side's coming back, you know which it. is also why it's so good, though, because then you're like, well, I'm going to enjoy it now because in two days it's back to work. Back you know to the grind I mean? for months. Yep, exactly. Before you yep. get any little bit of fresh <laughs> yeah. air to breathe and, and have some fun and some normalcy. Yeah, that's um, right. What what is what is your vision? You know, what where do you see yourself? What do you, what do you see, and where you're at three years, five years from today? Uh, I think I could be competing with the best in the world. Honestly, I think I'm, I try to be as humble as I can, but inside I'm, I'm a pretty confident person. Honestly, I think, um, I think I do have something special. I think once I get my striking figured out all the way, I, I really like it. So that's, that's big for me. If, if I like something, I usually get pretty good at it pretty quick. So I think, I think my striking is going to come along. I think wrestling, I've done it since sixth grade, so I think I have a pretty good feel for that. I think mixing it all together, getting my striking ready, getting all that things, all those things kind of settled out, I think at the end of the day, I think I'm going to be a contender. I think I'm going to be up there, and I think uh, I think that's what I look forward to is like that sold-out crowd and like everyone, all my people there. You know what I mean? Like, like let's say we're in Vegas or Florida or wherever, I want just sold out. I want all my people there. I want to perform for them, and then I want to go hang out with them after. That's that's the vision for me. And then beyond that, I want to have my own gym. That's been my goal, especially now being around Isaac like I have. Uh, it's just so crazy seeing how much one person can change so many Impact lives. so many people. So crazy. And I think uh, I tell people this all the time. Isaac really makes me want to be a better person. You know what I mean? And and that's hard to find. You know, you know what I'm saying? And it's uh that's something I really admire. And even before I met him, I wanted my own gym. But now just kind of seeing how he runs his and everything, it's given me like a whole new life to like what I want it to be. You know no what doubt. I mean? No doubt. <laughs> you could tell he's just walking in his calling, man. Yeah. You know, crazy. it's just it's it's, it. it's almost like a a, a person that, that you know, you you hear people that they have a a nonprofit, mm -hmm. you know, or they do something or, or they go on mission trips or right. they're pastors, you know, or mm -hmm. something like that. And you say, Oh man, what a great person gave his life yeah. up for that and impact so many mm -hmm. people. And you would never, never realize that somebody could run a gym and have that type of same type of missionary impact that, that same type of impact on people mentally, physically, some spiritually, right. And, and what that does for generations of, of people, man. And, and, right. uh, and he's a loyal, you know, so dude, loyal. just such a, such a loyal person, which you and I, you know, talked about, mm -hmm. you know, before we came up here to the right. studio of like, man, what are mm -hmm. a couple of things that you think are like, man, if, if you had to pick one or two words that you're most passionate about, you know, talking about mm -hmm. what would it be? And, you know, first words out of your mouth was, you know, loyalty was mm -hmm. one of the first words, you yeah. know, loyalty. So why don't you talk a little bit about what loyalty means to to you i think loyalty to me means uh never forgetting the people that helped you get to where you wanted to go mm. you know what i mean because they're easy to forget like i said all the sacrifices that we mentioned earlier i mean i wasn't the only one going through those you know what i mean my parents are suffering for that my friends are suffering for that like my family suffering for that like, so i think 
them being able to do that to support me, I think that means a lot. And I think at the end of the day, like I want nothing but the best for them. And that's one of the things that drives me to do this is so that one day I can support them. I can say like, grab my two best friends and be like, Hey, we're going to Hawaii, whatever, you know what I mean? And I, and I'm buying. So just get pack your stuff. We're going, you know what I mean? Same yep. with my parents. I want to buy them a house one day. You know what I mean? I just want to be like, Hey, like, thank you guys so much for everything you did for me. Like, here's your nice new house. You know what I mean? That's the kind of stuff I dream about. And that's kind of what drives me whenever uh, Isaac's trying to break me at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. Yeah. Loyalty. You know, I got shirts. I haven't rocked it in a while, but I got, you ever see the t-shirts that I would wear? It says loyalty mm-hmm. is rare. Yep. Loyalty mm-hmm. is such a rare yeah. quality, you know, in a sense, you don't get it that deep, deep, deep. Right. Loyalty. You know, mm-hmm. I think loyalty is, is tested under, you know, turmoil. Right. You know, loyalty is tested when there's maybe I don't, I don't 100 percent agree or there's some adversity or, you mm-hmm. know, easy to 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 not take a certain path right. and you stick stick with somebody. Um, why do you think or, or you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Do you think loyalty is is more of a rare thing? And and uh, if so, why and, and, and how do you find loyalty in people? I think loyalty is pretty rare these days, honestly. I think uh, a lot of the people in the world now have that it's me kind of mindset, you know what I mean? It's all about them, it's all about them. But I think um, I think one of the ways to find it is to go into battle with people, you know what I mean? Like uh, when you step in the cage, if you don't trust the guy to your right and the guy to your left that are walking you out there, it's going to be a bad night, you know what I mean, most likely. And I think that's kind of where a lot of that comes from me is uh, when Isaac Greeley's texting me each night saying like, Hey, like we're doing this tomorrow. Like we're getting you ready for this fight. When Evan Boris is in Canada messaging me every day saying like, Hey dude, this is what you need to do. And I know he's not doing it because he wants to do it because like he just wants to text me. He's doing it because he cares about me. You know what I mean? He's doing it because he wants to see me do well. Same with Isaac, same with Willow, all these people, they just, they go out of their way to help you and to protect you. You know I mean? What we're doing is some pretty bad consequences if you're not prepared. So I think just them being loyal to like my health and like me makes me want to be loyal back to them. I think that's kind of why we're such a close knit group at the math factors because you go through war together every night and it, it only brings you closer. You know what I mean? Yep. No doubt. And, and uh, the other word you said was relentless, Mm -hmm. relentlessness and and being relentless. Talk to us about why that's important, what that means to you. I think uh, it's not easy for anyone, and I think everyone goes through their trials and all that kind of thing, and I, I, I never made it to states in high school, you know what I mean? So, like, according to, like, most people, I shot, probably should have given up, you know what I mean? But that relentless mentality just tells you, like, no, there's still some hunger in here, like, there's still something I got to prove to me, you know what I mean? And to me, that's kind of relentless. And then you go to college and you're All-American, but you go 40 and 1, and then you lose in the semifinals and nationals. So then you're like, oh, is that you? You went 40 and one. That was me. Yeah, I was 40 and one on the year. I lost in the semifinals and I was winning. Mm -hmm. But I think looking back at it, that's one of the best things that happened to me because it made me hungry. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So then 
after that, then all the injuries, like I'm down a little bit because I lost and then I'm getting all these injuries. I didn't accomplish my goal and, Be now, relentless. I, and now I can't accomplish my goal, but you just got to move on to the next thing. So mm. then I'm like, all right, now I'm going to fight. Mm. I might not have got my national title, but now let's go get our world title. You know what I mean? I think to me, that's relentless, always moving forward, even when stuff's trying to keep you down. Mm. Even love when bad it. stuff happens, you got to make the good out of it. You got to take the good out of it and you got to turn it into something positive. And I think that's kind of the best thing about martial arts is that you can always take that loss and make it into something like beautiful and something better. No doubt. No doubt, man. Yeah. That's why it's easy to, easy to believe in you, man. You got that, you got that perfect combination of, of confidence that I think you need in the job that you chose, right. you know, and, and, mm. and really you need that in life period. You got to have that balance of, of humility, uh, in, in, and also confidence. You know, right. that's why people right. that come in contact with you, you know, they, they would be surprised to see. So a lot of times you see people and, you know, you think hey, this is what I think a person's attitude or personality needs to be, mm-hmm. or this is what they need to look like in order right. to be a good fighter. You know, the right. world thinks yep. you know, they, they got to have real big muscles. Yep. They got to have tattoos on their neck to their ears and their face mm-hmm. and mean and, yeah. and, uh, you know, not nice, you mm-hmm. know, to, to people. And, and you're the, like the opposite, you know, of that. I mean, not, you got some muscles and stuff, you know what I mean? You don't know how many people have told me that, that they've said, there's no way you're a fighter. Like I remember when I was working in the iron workers union, um, all these guys, they were like, you don't fight. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, you're just too nice. Like there's no way you fight. But whenever you get into the cage, you have to have that switch. You got to be able to flip it on. And I almost look forward to it. You know what I mean? I look forward to being able to let that go. You know what I mean? Because I'm sure you can attribute to it as well. Like you're a super nice guy as well. So I'm sure stuff kind of builds up, builds up, builds up. And then you need that release. Well, for me, fighting is kind of that release. So yeah, I'm a nice guy, but it it all kind of builds up at a certain point and you need somewhere to put it into. No doubt. No Mm -hmm. doubt. Amen. So if, if somebody wanted to, to follow you or, or uh, keep track of your journey, what would be their best way of, of going about following you? I'm on Instagram at, Jake Lowry underscore 185. I'm on Facebook, Jacob Lowry. Um, so look. Facebook's Jacob Lowry? Yes. L-A-L-O-W-R-Y. R-Y. Mm-hmm. And then Instagram is? At Jake underscore Lowry 185. At Jake underscore Lowry, L-O-W-R-Y 185, which is where you're fighting at yep. currently right now. Right. 185 pounds yep. uh, coming to you real soon. So, uh, keep keep uh, keep following and, and rooting for our man, uh, Jake Lowry. Jake, thanks for coming and, and sharing some wisdom and some love at the Grindcast Studio. Yeah, and uh, we're all me. supportive of you, man, and, and uh, looking forward to the future, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Let's get it. Yep. <laughs>